Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best mysteries and suspense novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with David Putnam, the author of The Replacements, the second in his gritty Bruno Johnson series. David, welcome. Hello. It's great talking with you again. You and I have spoken um, on a different podcast, and we've met a few times at different crime fiction conferences. I happen to know what your background is, but for our listeners, uh, give them a sense of your law enforcement background. I did 31 years in law enforcement, uh, 28 years in Southern California. I worked for LA County Sheriff's Department and San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department. Um, I spent most of my time working special teams, uh, SWAT, narcotics, um, violent crimes. I also did a tour in uh, internal affairs and criminal intelligence. Um, after I retired, <coughs> excuse me, I retired from Southern California. I went to um, Hawaii, where I worked for the Attorney General's office as a special agent, uh, which is what they call Hawaii Five O. <laughs> So everybody knows what Hawaii Five O is because we watch you every week on TV. Which one of those really handsome guys are you? <laughs> oh man, Mary calls me Dano, um, and they were actually filming the the series right outside the back door of my office, and their office looks a lot different <laughs> than my office. <laughs> well. The first time I heard you speak was at Sleuthfest last year, and you told some really gruesome stories. And, and you have, in, with, with all of this history in law enforcement, you've got a lot of these stories. But one of the things that really stuck with me uh, about the, the different presentations I saw you give at Sleuthfest was how long you had been at the writing business before you were actually published. Right. Um, I started writing... When I was working uh, narcotics, I was on a uh, surveillance out in the CERN Valley of a meth lab, and I always been an avid reader, and I kept novels in my back seat, so downtime I would read these novels. I was down to my last novel, and um, I had to read it. There was nothing else, and it was horrible. It was a national bestseller, and so I was stuck out in the middle of the desert, read the whole thing, and I thought I could do better. So I started pinning my first four novels on legal pads out in on surveillance. Um, that was 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and I've had, since then I've had four agents. I've written 41 manuscripts, and I sold number 34, manuscript number 34, um, 20 years after I started. And I, I just think that's such an inspiring story for... Uh, Readers sometimes don't understand how many manuscripts an author has to write before they find their voice and, and to write something that a publisher is excited enough about to say, yeah, well, I'll invest in this book. And that first book for you was The Disposables, right? That's correct. Okay, and that came out about a year ago. This is the second book in that series featuring Bruno Johnson. Give listeners a little sense of Bruno. Because I wasn't selling novels, I decided to write a character that has the most possible conflict. Mm-hmm. So I worked South Central Los Angeles, um, and I was on a violent crimes team. So I centered my book in South Central Los Angeles, and I made my main character black. And um, I gave some of those types of conflicts that he would have um, working in um, the violent crimes team. And he was working in the violent crime scene uh, team, and then something happened, and he wasn't working in the violent crimes team anymore. When when the disposables opens, he's a former police officer. Right. The, the background, which is not a spoiler, 
is that he's working at a liquor store mm-hmm. uh, when the book opens. And the background is that um, two years before, his uh, daughter died of an overdose, and the, the daughter's uh, baby's father uh, actually abused one of the twins to death, Bruno's grandchild. So Bruno hunted the man down and shot him, and he went to prison for two years. And the book opens with Bruno, two years later, on parole, working in a liquor store. Mm-hmm. And The Disposables, it, it's a fantastic book. It, it, I, I hesitate to call it a first, a first novel for, for someone who's, who had written 35 manuscripts prior to that. But for a first published novel, it was, it was absolutely fabulous. I know you had some, some really good reviews for the book. Uh, some of the things that I saw, and uh, listeners will, will recognize some of these names. This is from Michael Connolly. I really love The Disposables. It's raw, powerful, and eloquent. It's a gritty street poem recited by a voice unalterably committed to the redemption or to redemption and doing the right thing in a wrong world. I'll be the first in line for the next one from David Putnam. And there's another similarly nice review from T. Jefferson Parker, and, and both of whom write crime fiction that's centered around California. So pretty high praise for some pretty high-profile authors. Yes, thank you very much. I was, I was really stunned when I got up one morning and found a personal email from Michael Conley. It was, <laughs> it was amazing for me. So tell us a little bit. Give us sort of an overview of The Replacements. The Replacements picks up um, shortly after where The Disposables uh, drops off. And you don't have to read uh, The Disposables first. Uh, the Replacement is a standalone. Mm-hmm. But... There are some spoilers within the replacements. Bruno is in Costa Rica working at a bar, a cabana bar right on the beach, um, talking to some expats who are also hiding out in Costa Rica and uh, serving them drinks. And up walks the chief of police from Montclair, a small police department in Southern California, and she wants Bruno to come back and help her with a kidnapping. It's funny. You mentioned when you created... Bruno, the, the idea of putting him in situations where he, he would have as much conflict as possible, and, and you've done that again with this book, <laughs> because he's in an impossible situation, basically. Right. <laughs> All right, and we don't want to give away too much of the book, but uh, one, one of the things that I think makes your books a little bit unique, a few of the things that make your books unique, one is the realism, especially as it relates to law enforcement type things and the experience that you've had. But another is the depth which, which, with which you draw the antagonists or the bad guys in your books. They're not two-dimensional, cardboard cutout bad guys. These are real people that, that we understand. We can understand their motivations. And it, it really makes for an interesting book when you've got three-dimensional characters on both sides battling it out, essentially. I like character-driven novels, and that's what I try to do. And um, one character that kind of got away from me and came more alive than I kind of wanted was Carl Drago in Replacements. Mm-hmm. He was he was taken after a case that I actually worked, a guy who got out on parole after two murders, and he was a sociopath, and they knew that he was going to be violent in public again. So they sent my team on him, and we followed him until he committed another crime. And I took Drago almost exactly from that incident. Um, however, Drago ended up turning 
into a kind of a good bad guy at the end. And um, that's what I had not anticipated. But everybody really loves Drago. Mm-hmm. People may not understand what you just said, how the, the character evolved while you, were, while you were writing the book. How does that actually happen? Well, the way I write a book is I start with an inciting incident. I don't. I know what's going to happen at the beginning. I know what's going to happen at the end. I don't know what's going to happen at the in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I had Drago in mind as being the bad guy. But as the story progressed, I didn't know what was going to happen, and he became uh, uh, he befriended Marie, which was Bruno's uh, wife, our girlfriend, and uh, he started turning over from bad to good. And I had not anticipated that, but I think it worked out very well. You are sort of a, what I would call a conference monster, an author conference monster. You and your wife, Mary, travel a lot to different conferences. That's where I first met you. And I I see on your Facebook and Mary's Facebook and and Twitter, uh, essentially this path across the country where you travel. And this is something that you were doing before you were published. Why did you Why did you decide to start doing that, and how do you think that's helped you develop as an author? I've been going to writers' conferences and book conferences with uh, my wife for the last twenty years. We try to hit um, three to four a year, and now that I so- we sold this book, mm-hmm. we, we 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 probably doubled that number. Uh, we go as often as we can, and I think it's because well, for two reasons. I, I love hanging around other writers and people who read. Uh, I, I write and I read. I, I, re- I still read three to four books a week, and I like to talk to people about reading. I like to talk to people about writing. So it's my people that I'm. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm it's like I'm, it's a part of me, um, and I think it's the best way to promote the book to get out there and and uh, talk to people who read and push the book. Because readers do come to these conferences. It's not just, they're not just author conferences. There are a lot of readers that come to these conferences just to hear authors speak and, and to have the opportunity to meet them. And it's fun for, for readers to be able to do that. I will say that at Sleuthfest, the highlight of the entire conference for me was a dinner that I had with you and Mary and several other people where essentially after we ordered, we just sat there and talked about, did you read this? Have you read that? Did you read this? And we're going all the way back 20, 30 years ago, talking about just classic crime fiction stuff. And that you're right. That is so much fun. That's exactly what I was talking about. I, I, I love that. And there was, um, there was someone there who I, I won't name because uh, <laughs> she hasn't authorized me to name her, but she was kind of keeping a list, and she emailed it to me because there were some books that I had not heard of, and uh, a, a lot of the ones, you and I must be roughly the same age because we've read a lot of the same stuff, and it goes back a long ways, but uh, there were some things that some other people brought out that, that I hadn't had the opportunity to read yet, and I'm sort of working my way through some of those, but some of the things we talked about were some of the old Lawrence Sanders books, um, that not only the Archie McNally books, but the um, uh, Francis Bernie. Xavier uh, oh, yeah, yeah. The first Deadly Sin. Yeah, series. the Deadly Sin yeah. books and things like that. And just classic crime fiction novels. And that, that is just so much fun. It, it's like, I, I guess, I'm also a sports fan. It's fun to sit around and talk about sports, but it's more fun to sit around and talk about books that you've read. 
especially if you discover an author that you never heard of and he's a great it's a great read. Yes, that is so much fun when you can find somebody that's written uh, several books and and go back to the beginning and just start from right. the start from the beginning and work your way through. It's it's like finding a pot of gold in the backyard somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> so what who are some of the people that you've discovered in that way? You know, I uh, I recently I found Noah Boyd. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote two great books and then he got cancer. But um, it was uh, The Bricklayer and Agent X. But he also, which I didn't know, he had he wrote under his real name, and he wrote five or six books. And I just recently discovered that, and I went back hmm. and got those, and I'm really enjoying those as well. So you're writing a lot. When, when we spoke at uh, Sleuthfest, you had submitted a book, the third book of the Bruno series, and <laughs> interestingly, you killed someone off that's a, sort of a key player in the series that the publisher said, uh, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> so you had to rewrite the book. So you're busy writing a lot, and you still have a lot of time to read. Yeah, last year I wrote three books, and it took a lot of my time up. And I saw my, my reading took the, the major hit on that because of uh, going to the conferences and traveling mm-hmm. a lot. We drove 5,700 miles in Southern California going to libraries. Holy cow libraries and bookstores and uh, just, you know, trying to get the word out on the, on the books. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a very busy year last year. Um, I'm writing, I got three books on the, on the table right now. I'm writing uh, one standalone. Another, I'm almost done with a, well, I'm a third of the way done with a, the new Bruno Johnson book. Which will be the to, fourth book because the third one has, has already been written and accepted by the publisher. The third, the first third book, Mary calls it 3A. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is your wife, Mary, if, if, right, if we didn't right. mention that earlier. Right. She's my right hand. She uh, does a great job marketing, and she's with me every step of the way. She is, um, and she smooths out your rough edges. <laughs> <laughs> and I have some rough edges. She sits in the audience at conferences, and she gives me the, the, the hand across the throat saying, saying well, don't talk about that. Don't say that. <laughs> Um, but the publisher did reject my first book and she wanted uh, four major plot lines taken out of the book and it would have been a totally different book. So I just put it down and started from scratch. And the only thing I kept was the title. (laughs) (laughs) That is, that's too funny. So essentially you wrote two books to get to that book. Right, exactly. (laughs) And you've got two other things that are in the works and probably going through the process. Yeah, it takes a year from the time that you, they, they accept the book. Mm-hmm. They just accepted the uh, third book, which is squandered, mm-hmm. and it won't come out until January. And what has to happen is they have to get all the, the work done and have the arcs out um, five months in advance before the drop date because of uh, reviews. Mm-hmm. That's why there's there's pressure to, to get everything done, and we're under pressure right now to do the, the final edits on the squandered. I also have uh, two books out going around New York, um, a time travel novel, and another uh, standalone crime detective. And I've not heard yet of what, what the status of those books are. Well, I'm very interested in the crime detective. I'm not, I'm not so big on uh, time travel. Well, this one, the time travel one, is um, it's a story of a female SWAT officer who takes oh. her weapons and her tactics, and she, and she just tra- travels back in time to the Alamo, and what her tactics and weapons would do to that battle, just with her integrated into that, those those battles. All right. Now I'm interested. (laughs) (laughs) Nice job. (laughs) 
Thanks so much for your time today. Is the best way for people to keep up with what you're doing because you've got so much going on? Is it your website, which is davidputnambooks.com? Yes, it is. All right. And I see from being on your website that you've got uh, a link to your Twitter account there as well. So people can also follow you on Twitter. I happen to know you're on Facebook. So you're sort of everywhere. And I know that you also encourage readers to email you. So what, what's the email address that people should use if they want to email you directly? David at davidputnambooks.com. All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been fun. Yes, it has. Thank you very much. This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm. If you are an iTunes listener, please subscribe and give us a rating. Those will help other crime fiction readers find great new books like The Replacements from David Putnam. Thanks for listening.